I enjoy the leisurely trip to Michigan. I like to stop at Walmart, maybe stop and get a beer, get some food, you know, maybe get some band, you know, some $7 band t-shirts, like a fake Guns N' Roses t-shirt or something. Yeah, man, I'm ready. We got a we got a juicy Friday morning juicer. Yeah, it's Good Gear Buds Podcast <laughs> episode 171. My mm-hmm. name's Henry. His name's Dave. Hello. This is the show that we do every week. We're coming at you from a, a Friday morning. Yeah. That we don't typically do around here, but you know what? Got to squeeze it in, man. Got to squeeze it in where it gets in. So let's do this thing. Dive into the symphony of corrections. Here is your weekly reminder that cables are tone tubes and also here's uh the weekly thank you for listening to this folks we're so thankful to have any and all of you that listen to this and join in with us respond to us even if you don't ever respond if you're a new listener welcome we say a lot of stuff you're probably not going to understand but hopefully you'll get it eventually if you've been with us from the beginning well thanks for sticking around thank you extra special very extra special so follow us on the on the stuff subscribe on the stuff email us at the stuff at gearbudspodcast at gmail.com. Uh, we got a shout-out from our buddy Steve on uh, Facebook. And i got to be honest, I totally forgot to screenshot it, so I'll throw it in there for next week. Okay. It was something – I think it was – I think it was an expert opinion on something because Steve is. I'm an sure expert. it was. Yeah, I just can't honestly. I really can't remember what it was because there's just so we'll much shit that, going on this. We'll week. hit that for you next week, Steve. And yeah. uh, man, I gotta tell you, I'm I'm kind of I'm kind of gassing after a couple sh- nights of shows this week. Yeah, you went to two concerts. I week. did back to back, Wednesday night and Thursday all day. Wild. So uh, we just got, I feel like we need to get into it a little bit uh, mm-hmm. here in the symphony oh, because there's some you know there's some some tones and some and some tools to talk about. Uh, first of all, Wednesday night went and saw. Pino Palladino and Blake Mills play yes. at the Space in Evanston, which, uh, folks, if you don't know either of those artists, just like press pause, give them a quick Google, and come back. Because, first of all, seeing Pino in person was kind of like, I don't know. It wasn't quite like seeing a Beatle for me, but it was pretty close. He's like, pretty legendary, I have, man. I have loved that dude for a long time. He was probably the first sort of like session-y guy that I was really aware of and and started to follow early and, on. And like from a session guy, started becoming this live session That's right. guy. Like uh, from in. the Who, I think, is how I first yep. became aware yeah. of his playing. Uh-huh. And and let me tell you, uh, he's every bit as tall in person as you'd think. <laughs> Just super wide shoulders, massive hands. I mean, yeah. like I'm a tall, large person. He's definitely a lot bigger than me. He's huge. Yeah, Big old dude. Um, I, if anybody doesn't know, he is a bassist. He's a yes. bassist, and he did have both his uh, as Dave, as you clarified for me, his signature, which is I think a take on a sixty-two or sixty-three, sixty-three P bass, yep. custom shot, Fiesta yeah. Red, right. uh, very pink in person, sounded lovely. And then he had his what I guess is sort of like his one of his calling card bases that uh, fretless seventy-nine Music, Music Man, Man Stingray, yeah, right. And and he just constantly every song I think he switched back and forth between cool. those two. And yeah. he, had, you know, he did. They all played seated because it was it's basically like it was kind of it was fancy like a jazz, jazz. yeah. Uh, but like you know, it, you can call it jazz, of course, because it's jazz related. Category, but sure. it's it's there was a lot of funk. There's like weird weird art stuff that happened there was some real nasty grooves that they got yeah. into and then of course there was like the fusion stuff but sure, that's all sure. sort of jazz related uh but they all played seated and he had you know what i thought was kind of a cool move he had those guitar stands where they they're not like the they, they only hold by the headstock mm-hmm. and he was just quick changing kind of like the hercules ones two. but not on the wall like not exactly yeah, yeah those are cool i thought that was a real powerful move yeah. he had an Ag- aguilar bass rig With the quick release when you lift it up and you can just grab it that's quick. right yeah i like that the 
the music was incredible. Blake Mills is just, I mean, maybe one of the greatest bassists or bassists, maybe one of the greatest guitarists on the planet. Yeah. Period. They had it was so also then a drummer and a sax. Yeah, the I saw that. Sax. I mean, so he they all had pedal boards, which were sick. The sax did too. Sax did too, it's and he tight. plays this. Uh, I so I got the record. Went with our, our good friend and former guest Dan Liu. He bought me the record. Thank you, Dan. And I noticed in the credits. So I actually have noticed listening to it, but then noticed on the credits while checking it out. There, it sounds like the in sections the sax is playing chords, and I was huh. like, "How how does it do that?" Because yeah. it's a it's a monophonic instrument. It is credited as poly sax on the record. So what is that? I think he was using pedals with like harmonizing. Yeah. I so after the show, I don't uh, know enough about sax to. to I never to heard of or that. seen poly sax in my life. Yeah. Uh, Dan actually pointed out, and I thought it was really funny, that the the line after the show to get into the bathrooms was shorter than the line to go look at everyone's pedal boards on the stage. Oh, that's hilarious. Yeah, there were a lot of fucking nerds there. Did sure. they hang out and were like kind of meeting people after the show? Because, I mean, Space is a pretty intimate kind of... It is. I think they kind of quickly scuttled away. They might have. I but didn't they, really try. their gear was still sitting Their out. gear was also sitting that's down, so, so I, I and everyone else... and. There was there was a pretty cool uh, array of like boutique and sort of like boss pedals, some and standards, stuff, yeah, some loopers. Um, but yeah, there was it was it was man, just tone tone city. Yeah, those guys are now are, they're touring with this actor. Right? They are, and this yeah. is the f- this well they they're doing two nights in Chicago, and now I saw it was their second night, and it was their second ever gig that they ever played. Oh, cool! I love yeah. that, like the beginning of the tour, kind totally. Of thing. Yeah, that's fun. it's and you know it was a COVID thing, of course. Sure. Uh, there, if you ever want to check it out, they did a Tiny Desk concert last year, Ooh, and it's yeah. the exact same setup I'll as what that. I saw, and it. It fucking rips. It's Hell so yeah. good. Hell yeah. Uh, Blake played a telly. Um, he also played. He said he had some wacky guitar, right? He did. So, we, well, he had a baritone fretless. They both played fretless together, which That's is cool. incredible. I mean, because you know how easy it is for that to just go completely Well, wrong. I was going to say, in, 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 in this world, that's cool. But for most, eh, it would be pretty hard to digest. Seriously. And it was <laughs> unbelievable. And then he also had, and I have been coming up blank trying to figure out what this is, a black shredder guitar mm-hmm. looked like from the 80s probably with a floyd rose but then it was also definitely a guitar synth and he used it on this one song to play it sounded like he was playing a guitar patch on a guitar synth oh weird yeah like that cheesy kind of kind of but it was like somewhere in between that and like a and like a japanese koto if you know what I'm talking about, it's mm-hmm. almost it almost which almost sounds like a nylon string guitar, but sure. isn't. And he was doing all these plucks on it. But anyways, I was trying to figure it out. Have no idea what that guitar is. So if there are any major Blake Mills fans out there, yeah, who knows what this super strat shredder with it was all black on black, black headstock, and then it had these like onboard electronics with a, like a little red LED screen. That's pretty crazy. Stuff. I, know I wonder if I it was just like something somebody made for him or something like that. It could be. Yeah. Dan thought that it was probably from the '80s as well, but neither of us can figure out what it hmm. is so like any it. big blake fans out there if you want to crack the mystery for us let us know because it, it it the song the sound was very integral to that song yeah and i believe he played it on notes with attachments which is the name of the record that they put out right. together so that it's like, it was important for him to like have that sound with them live you know because cool. he really did only use it on that one song did they pretty much play songs just off that record then for this yeah i mean you know they're it's jazz so like they some improv and there was a lot of improv yeah. but you know there it was all built around i i recognized i think melodically pretty much everything cool because i do i have listened because that that's a, a fantastic fantastic uh, album yeah oh my god yeah yeah 
if you haven't very like uh not very often do i save things into like my playlist as mm-hmm. like an album and that's the whole record one yeah top for to bottom. sure eight tracks actually I, I didn't realize also until looking at the credits andrew bird's on one of those songs too wow yeah they've no got shit. some cool guests on there uh so that was wednesday yeah and then you think folks that might be enough right? exa- oh i should I'm- say they were also playing silverface uh, fenders i, I know oh. on, on stage too the guitars guitars yeah because he plays he aguilar. and aguilar yeah, yeah. pino does you yeah. know um but they yeah there were solar face fenders on stage oh very, very cool yep and then yesterday friends i went to something that i talked about last week you went to the belly of the beast i entered it and i escaped unscathed <laughs> with a pretty good time and i had, exactly. i think i had a great time because i went to Lollapalooza. yeah baby which it's interesting as i i would imagine for Anyone outside of Chicago, I, I've given getting, you know, I work with a lot of people that aren't in Chicago, and I'll mention that, and they're like, oh, going to Lollapalooza is on my bucket list. Oh, yeah, people come bucket into list. the city for that. And, and for sure. it's weird because, like, you know, we've just been sort of like here for kind it of spoiled all with and it. spoiled with yeah. it. So it's almost like something that I kind of. I, I kind of am not looking forward to every year because it just makes traffic horrible. Traffic. And stuff. Although I do really look forward to the list of after shows because if you yes. can get into any of those, they're usually way better than the festival itself. That's how I got to see Queens of the Stone Age at the Metro <laughs> however insane. many years ago. Yeah. So, uh, but Jimmy and I, who a uh, good friend of the show, we've talked about him a lot around here. Uh, you know, we go see Metallica together, and yep. Metallica is playing the first night, and so he he sort of suggested, and maybe in, in some ways, he almost talked me into it, and I'm so glad that he did because cool. I had a bad attitude going in. I was like, "This is gonna suck. It's gonna be hot. Right. It's gonna be too many people." It really wasn't any of the above. It was it was it was full for yeah, sure. Don't yeah, get yeah. me wrong, but like right. it's a giant area of the city, so like there's plenty of space for yeah. everyone. Getting in and out was it's not, not like bad. being packed into like a stadium or something like that. No, no, no. Just like, Trapped. Not that at all, yeah. um, and and generally the sound was really good everywhere, That's which sh- is surprising. That's surprising. Uh, I was really like you know I I didn't get up to like the front of any stages because right. I wasn't trying to but even like being further back normally that's where it sounds the worst mm-hmm. and it's everything that we saw sounded great. Um, it was like. You know, yeah, of course, old man yelling at the sky. Like, there are a lot of children with their well, fucking bunk cheeks hanging out. But, th- you know, that's okay. Let them do their yeah, thing. Yeah, they're, they're having fun. It's they're their having summer, fun. too. Right? I didn't see any kids, like, dying. Like, I was worried yeah. I was going to see kids, like, overheating on drugs. Right, it wasn't any right, of that. Right. Fentanyl. Yeah. It, was, it was a genuinely and generally positive experience. That's cool. Also, uh, and I was saying to you before we got on the mics here, man, just, like, spot hero coming yeah. through big time just like being able to drive and not stress about it and like be in a an affordable nearby parking garage was the greatest part i mean you kind of hacked the system in a way you know sometimes you know as adults now yeah you know, we are grown grown ass men that's right it's worth a little you know spend a little bit to, for the parking which you didn't even have to pay that much in the first place 17 freaking bucks yeah cheaper that's than an uber man. but just to have the comfort of being like oh now i can get in my car and drive home instead of like getting on the train or like Trying to get an Uber, totally. Yeah. Like maybe, I mean, I, if it was, I had a change of clothes in case I was going to be too sweaty. I wasn't because I didn't even get that sweaty. Yeah. Well, it was a kind of a perfect, beautiful day on the lake yesterday. That's, yeah, it was. So yeah. yeah, I mean, we saw Metallica. Not, I have nothing to share about that other than yeah. you know we went in deep the last time I saw them. If anybody wants to hear about me talking about mm-hmm. a Metallica live show, go back to whatever episode that was yeah. when we did that because it was very similar in terms of uh, set length and construction. I mean, technically, they're kind of still on the same tour, right? Yeah, because that wasn't that long ago. It wasn't that long ago. Uh, however, the the funniest thing for any uh, big fans of Metallica is that for some reason, James Hetfield took it upon himself to sort of like pitch the crowd on the album Saint Anger. 
What? Yeah. So from two thousand eight. Yeah. So or whenever the I, that's on. <laughs> that, right. No. Yeah. That might have been two, before, before that. Before that. Yeah. So you know, obviously Metallica is having a moment right now. They had Master of Puppets and Stranger Things. Yes. There were a ton of young people watching them, which was exciting and like getting into it. And these are people that were there for like the rappers and stuff. I've like, and I've heard that kids are discovering Metallica because yeah, of Stranger. Things. It was awesome. Yeah. So I think James kind of saw this as an opportunity. Like, hey, we I'm going to try to reach a new audience and like. He, the way he was talking about it was like, look, I know none of you liked this record when it came out, but like, go back and maybe it give out. it a second chance. You know, sometimes that works. You know, going back and hearing a record if you haven't listened to it in 10 years or something, you know? And, and they played a song from that that like, I guess has some, you know, like good riffs and stuff, but mm-hmm. like, it didn't need to be in the set. That yeah. was purely like a James Vanity. Like, I think this record's good. Yep. I want people to like it. Maybe also go watch Some Kind of Monster, our documentary about the making of that. Or record. maybe don't go watch that because <laughs> it's embarrassing as hell. But f- and from his perspective, yeah. but from our perspective. Oh, it's one, one of the, the best of all ever. times. In fact, Jimmy brought it up because I think we were talking about it last week when we were going through like your Big Dave's Doc rundown yeah. and how we were like, have we talked about that one a lot? And Jimmy was like, you guys have talked about We'd, Some Kind of Monster and Dig a lot. We've mentioned them a the lot, yeah. but I think I did cover before Dave's Docs was like a real thing. We did talk about some kind of oh, monster totally. for like an hour on the podcast. We just had we just had just like a bro chat about. Yeah, it. we did. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, all of that to say is uh, like I'm 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 excited that I survived. Yeah, I got to see Greeny again. Kirk played the. I was going to ask what guitars. That. Okay. Yeah, they it, they're playing the same stuff that they've been yeah. playing. James is playing more of his like more modern ESP and custom stuff. Kirk played mostly the uh, you know his fifty nine burst Peter Green did Rob burst. bring out the uh, jazz bass the the bass of doom I didn't see the bass of doom he actually was using that silver P- spectery thing that he oh, yeah. uses a lot yep. I saw mm-hmm. um, it's kind of reflective and, yeah. and Lars had a silver sparkle kit or I should say a purple sparkle kit because uh, Kirk was also doing the purple thing but yeah he mostly plays his like that uh, Ouija guitar the other ESP that has like Boris Karlov on it and then and then but mostly the fifty nine burst which I just love seeing that honestly yeah. like I think it's so cool that that dude that they're playing it one of the most expensive instruments instruments on the planet and yep. is like touring it and playing law with fuck it and yeah stuff. i mean you know he probably has a private security guard watching it after it at all times i would hope so yeah, jesus Christ. Sure. and you know it's not like they're flying fucking commercial like they've yeah they've got they've, it, that all they got it figured out. out yeah uh but i you know i guess if anybody's on the fence about like maybe i'm too old to go to a festival maybe i i, I folks i say that there are ways that you can go and do it and have a good time yeah i feel great today well i was telling you I, I think you know i looked at the schedule just to be like well you know what i used to love to do and i don't know if they're doing it this year but i used to love to sit at home on my couch the stream and stream they it because sure they would have the hd stream going yep. i didn't know if they were doing that this they're year because i didn't really look it up yeah. but that's a great way to find out about new bands because i didn't know i know maybe five to eight bands on the entire totally. weekend you know so yeah it's it was it was it you know I, again i was a little nervous about how i was gonna go would anybody even give a shit is it just gonna be the olds watching metallica yeah were there more olds at metallica of course there were yeah but also there were young people just like fucking freaking out and having a great time that's cool and, man. and i loved loved seeing it could it be the next good. crop of uh youngsters to kind of like you know you had like the greta van fleets and like some of these bands that are like younger guys ah, sure. taking on these influences from these older 70s bands maybe you're gonna get some more of that now with that'd with be metallica. fucking awesome i i'd love God, to see I a band happens speaking of you know lars's kids have a band that's right lars, 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 taipei kids. houston you showed me 
them, and I didn't hate it. I kind of liked it a lot. I liked it way more than I thought I yeah. was going to. He has two sons, or maybe he has more. I don't They're know. They're just a two-piece band. During lockdown, like. they started a two-piece bass and drums duo. And Which I'm always uh, a big fan of whatever the one song. I can't remember what it was called, but the one song that they have a video for it was it was good. It rips. Like it grooves and it has that sort of yeah, like the royal blood or whatever yeah, kind of kind of the chaotic ending with it, like they just going crazy yeah. on the instruments. Yeah, I loved it, man. Went kind of nasty on some of the bass tones, which I yeah. think you have to sometimes. Oh yeah, yeah. So yeah, yeah that's been boomers go to uh, the blues uh, <laughs> session for this episode and I gotta say it, it was positive way better than I thought it was gonna be Jim, Jimmy great idea thanks for dragging me along it was a really good idea I'm glad we did it uh, what else do we got oh we've got some fresh lingo to share in the symphony this okay week. Uh, because you know we like to make up words or we I think not only do we make up words but we sort of uh, we 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 demystify terms around here. Sure. And this week we were talking about something, and it clicked with me that a, a term that is often used to describe guitars, I think, is euphemistic at best. Mm-hmm. And that is when someone describes a guitar as a quote great slide guitar. Oh man! Because to me, when someone says something is going to be a great slide guitar, oh yeah, I think. That guitar is going to be fucked up. Yep. The action is going to be about an inch off the neck. Yeah. yeah. The, the, the truss rod is stripped. Fucked. Yeah. Uh, there's a big old bow in there. Yeah. Maybe you can get away with some cowboy chords, but probably not. Uh, they're like, yeah, this would be this would just be a great slide guitar. No, that means the guitar is going to need a it's, neck reset. Yep. Yeah, you're going to need a heat treatment or something. What uh, What was that guitar again? It was a Silver 61 blue supro supro that's that right sparkle was wasn't fucking it? sick and super cheap too yeah. it was like three or four hundred bucks or yeah, something like that yeah but that's again that's why and it was like oh my god why this is a great bolty hanger hanks hanger totally. let's do it and then you read the description it was like mm, it's a hanger indeed would make a great slide guitar I was like oh <laughs> so i can't play it cool. yeah yeah that's a tough one man and that's such a pretty guitar those those old supros have that kind of uh, tendency to get, get bad necks yeah of course yeah, i mean they were just built like shit yeah. so no no surprise but I yeah mean, that is funny the if you ha- but if you have the skills and the ability to, you know, go ahead and do a neck reset yourself, oh, like I would just be, special, I would man. just be searching perfect for slide all day. Well, you could always just hang some light bulbs from your uh, from your oh, ceiling and make a homemade right. your homemade rig that you're yeah. Ooh, where was, heat what treat, was that heat treatment rig? Was it a somebody on Craigslist? I think or something. We're looking at some sort of base, and it was like someone had done their own. It was like homemade. I, I heat treated the neck myself with like two light bulbs, two hundred fifty watt light bulbs. I was like, like holy uh, shit. Okay. Stingray. What do you Maybe think? that's Maybe all there is one. to it. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. I don't know either. I, I mean, I have watched some neck reset videos on the internet, and usually you have to like drill a couple pinholes in and then like steam down into it. Yeah, so, that's what I was thinking. Yeah, some water would be involved or something. Very interesting stuff. Speaking of interesting stuff, I saw I came across this, and this is an old. This is kind of a tip, but also uh, relevant to us because we love us some Julian Lodge around here, mm-hmm. and he's on tour right now. And uh, he not only does he have his signature Gretsch, or I'm shot. I'm sorry, it's a Collings that is a take on the Gretsch duo jet. Okay. He also is known for playing an old telly, uh, 52, I believe. Right, right. And so he's on tour right now and doing a lot of fly dates. And he, uh, there was, I was just reading an article in Guitar World how he's talking about that he thinks that bolt on guitars are the perfect travel guitars because he read an old Danny Gatton trick where he just takes the neck off. You just put it in a suitcase. He has like a tube, like a special sort of hard tube, puts either in his backpack or in, in his carry-on, and, and now he can travel with his favorite 52 Tele and never have to check it or worry about it. It just or goes right back together stuff. when you get to the hotel. just room. goes right back yeah. together. However, he did add a little extra bit of a, a wrinkle, and I think this is a serious tip right here. Because, obviously, if you're going to be screwing in and out all the time, mm-hmm. you're going to be getting some 
material wearing away and that's, oh, yeah. that's not especially good. if you you know strip one of those screws or something you're on a 52 like yeah. i would fucking cry but what they did was they actually put metal screw inserts into the neck ah so that you're no longer making direct into the wood contact you're right. going into the metal and not only did that ensure that it doesn't strip the wood with each removal he also says that it quote makes the guitar sound better than ever really yeah it's just like the extra stability i guess i don't know i mean it, you know of course i trust him i've, I've yeah had, yeah i mean i've had a conversation with him he's a and genius he's probably like, had the guitar long enough forever. to know what it sounds yeah. like best uh, yeah. if someone else is saying it, i might be like mm, are you really hearing well, cause, that because you have to ask like why wouldn't companies do that then yeah, totally you know, in general um i did do that once though i my mom bought me a, a stratocaster from a garage sale down in florida uh-huh and she's like, you know, you take it home with you. And I just took the neck off, threw it in my backpack, and it fit perfect. That's amazing. Yeah. God, I love that. So, uh, yeah, hot tip. If you want to tour with the telly, maybe throw some metal. I guess you could. they would be like retainers or string fills yeah. or something. And I imagine he's doing it often. I mean, Yeah, probably every touring. day or two. Yeah, exactly. Right? Um, so, yeah, maybe it'll even make your instrument sound better. Who, who freaking knows? Uh, got some sort of BFI to share, and that is that Steve Morse has left Deep Purple. Oh. Unfortunately, uh, and it is because uh, his wife is 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 re- uh, really dealing with cancer right oh, now. Oh man! And so after 28 years, uh, he has had to step down from the band. I mean, you know, he's been in the band since 1994, which isn't like he Steve Morris is the longest tenured guitar player <laughs> in Deep Purple. Isn't that right. crazy? Like, yeah. ever, I think everyone really thinks Bridgie Blackmore for obvious reasons. Most famous, probably. He wrote all those early hits and everything, yeah. but. Steve Morse has been in that band for a long time, and I've seen him play before, and he is maybe possibly the most underrated guitarist on the planet. Wow. He is incredible. I mean, if you've ever listened to Dixie Dregs from back in the day, mm-hmm. any of his new stuff, I mean, the dude can really tr- truly play anything. I didn't know this. He's also done eight eight studio albums with the band. Oh, my God. Yeah. I didn't know that Deep Purple has eight studio records I since mean, 1994. I am not the biggest Deep Purple fan. No. I mean, I love their music, and they're very talented musicians. Sure, of course. Like, virtuoso level talent. All of them, yeah. Yeah, yeah really are. Um, that's a very underrated band in general, I feel like. I have to agree. Uh, but, uh, yeah, so they do have Simon McBride uh, stepping in okay. to the touring lineup. Um, I'm not familiar with Simon, but everyone seems to say that he's, like, the perfect dude for the job. So, uh, you know, ever, we're, our th- we're with you. Janine Morris is her name. We're, our thoughts are with you. Hopefully you beat the cancer. Steve, pretty fucking cool that you can step up and, and be there for your wife. So it's, it's a shame that he's no longer in that band, but it, I think it's pretty awesome that he's able to be there for his wife during this time. Yeah. Uh, also, one last uh, band update to talk about. I didn't realize this. ZZ Top is still touring. Uh, so obviously, b- bassist Dusty Hill passed away last yeah, year. And I didn't know that. Immediately I mean, following I didn't his know death last July, uh, their guitar tech, longtime guitar tech Elwood Francis, has stepped in and, and taken over as the bass. bassist. Wow. Here's my favorite part. Uh, he was, so they, I was reading some interview, they're talking to the rest of the band, you know, Billy Gibb- Gibbons and how, like, talk about how he used to be this, like, fresh faced punk rock guy. And, like, he'd never, he'd never even seen him with a bit of stubble on his chin. And then the, as soon as he found out about the gig, he, the gig, he started growing a beard. And now he's got a big fucking gnarly beard. Yeah, you kind of have to, right? I think so. It's part yeah. of the thing. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. But there, uh, Billy Gibbons was saying, he's like, you know, he's adding a great bit of enthusiasm. Quote, when I see Frank Beard smiling for the first time in, in 30 years, wow. I know something good's happening. Hell yeah. So It's probably a fresh take, you know, sometimes when guys step in like that, yeah. even if they're playing the same parts, they're going to play them a little bit differently. You have to. Yeah. The feel is just going to be a little different. And sometimes that's refreshing and maybe for the best. So The big difference, of course, is that Dusty Hill also sang a lot. Oh, and yeah, so that's right. He, had, he was a great backup singer. Actually. And he sang lead, too. Lead, yeah. And I, I guess I didn't really 
really really totally realize that but they were talking about how he sang lead on tush and i got the six and a couple other songs um he still isn't quite doing that he's getting better at it billy is still taking lead on those songs That's but i guess tricky. he's figured out the harmonies and sort of stuff so he's got the bass part down he's getting the lead vocal part down because stepping into both oh, man that's got to be so fucking rough yeah yeah just and well i mean if, if if he's a tech for a long time you know he knows the songs back and forth already. you have to but yeah. even to just go out there and perform it like that and then have the pressure of being like shit people paid to come see zz top i better fucking tear it up yep. you know so uh the last thing that billy said he was like he was he was talking about uh rehearsal before the before before this tour and he was talking to someone he goes hey who's the new guy and their chief technician goes uh that's your guitar technician elwood and he goes no the guy with the big beard and he said yep that's elwood uh so nice that's pretty amazing i yeah. mean i don't i mean shit give me a full year i couldn't i don't i mean i grow a beard obviously but i don't think i'm growing like a full zz top beard in a no year. i think it's the uh it's the attempt that you know it's like you just gotta let you gotta, it go you just have to let it rip yeah boy that's a woolly beast i bet because <laughs> you know they've, they've had the beard so long that like they comb them out they probably treat them you know they've probably got like signature fucking zz top beard beard oils, yeah. oils you know <laughs> i mean if they don't someone get on that get they on fucking it, want to um and then so uh we're about to wrap up the symphony i just want to say if anybody didn't listen to last week and you're interested in a whole bunch of Dave Doc stuff go back and listen to yep. us talk about that i have not yet had the time to in- include that chart that's okay we'll get, it. we'll get it i'll do there. it this weekend yeah. we'll get that up there so hopefully by the time this comes out on i'm Monday, keeping it updated anyways um yeah so uh that was we we went through 170 this is episode 171 oh you know what? hey someone's at the door will you grab that oh, i'm not yeah. sure who that is Got a little surprise for you, buddy. Gotta, get, gotta snap some pics. That scared the shit out of me. I was like, "Who's 40th birthday?" <laughs> I was about, I didn't see Mandy. I just saw the balloons, and I was like, "I think some someone's at the wrong house." Oh, that's what I was trying to do. I know. Now we get to make a podcast again. Well, obviously, go. we're gonna have to fucking talk about this first, bud. Yeah. I guess so. Yeah. This is a GFI. <laughs> Well, friends, wow. big, big old, big old mid episode surprise just happened. Not sure how much of that's audible. Uh, <laughs> I, don't, I don't think. Yeah, so uh, we'll just the... give a little recap. Uh, our, our good buddy, Dave, you know, he's happy. We talked about it last week. He's had a hard time. Uh, with gear recently <laughs> and getting screwed uh, left and right i along with his beautiful amazing wife have been planning a surprise for dave for months now and it has fucking killed me every single day not to be able to share with him what we did and what we did was buy him a birth year 40 year old les paul for him for his birthday for and it is now birthday sitting right next to us that's in a month from now so you surprised the shit out of me yeah yeah it was time because folks as you know uh dave likes to look at the gears and the guitars <laughs> online and i've had to tell him every single les paul that he's showed me for the last couple months has been shit because yeah I, there was one city in my music room oh waiting my for god him. dude you guys surprised the i mean this is unbelievable man i don't even know tell us what you're feeling bud i'm i'm shocked i'm happy i'm shocked i i'm looking forward to playing the shit i played it for a second we just got to play my hands bit. are shaking so bad I, I played like terribly so sounded great i'm excited to take a deep breath and yeah. calm down and put some time into this thing man but it's a 1982 burst les paul uh the standard standard it's fucking on 
Dude, just now and like in the other light, like the dark red in mm-hmm. the burst, I fucking love it, man. It's, it's it's really the perfect burst color. It's got nice aging to it, but it isn't too beat up that you know it's like a it's like a ratted out guitar. No, but it's also, clean. You can put a you can put a bump and a scratch on it. Yeah, and you're not yeah, gonna yeah. care because there's already a few on. There. But it's clean. No neck break. No um, breaks. No breakies. Or, dude, it's all original. All I think original. except for I want to say the output jack plate is the only yeah, replace thing, which is it's actually an upgrade. Couldn't care so. less. Yeah. Oh my god, man, this is like. I don't know. I don't. It doesn't feel real. I feel like I'm going to leave and this is going to stay at your house or something. Get it out. Take it with you. Well, it's crazy because we've been going in your back room. Yep. And, you know, you were showing me how you were cleaning mm-hmm. and like, you know, playing with the P-Bass last week and all that stuff. That's right. And uh, this was just in there. But just sitting like with, within an arm's reach. I feel like less of a gear bud to not notice that there was like, you know, a new Gibson case in your... Because the yeah. case looks newer. I think. It is a newer case. Which it, I actually prefer. It's I, Oh, it's a beautiful case. I want a nice durable case. And in your defense, awesome. I think I've got like 30 cases in there. So. Yeah. And yeah. like a lot of Gibson ones. And, so. Yeah. No, I'm I, I'm completely in awe. Ma- uh, Mandy showed up with balloons and champagne. There's so a now big old 40 balloon behind us. Yeah. Now we are... Now we're celebrating my birthday, I guess, today. So. Hell yeah, we are. Dude, Drinking mimosas, is, getting after it on a Friday morning. This is fucking crazy, man. This is crazy. I know. Good luck uh, like being able to do the rest of this episode now that we just like are both staring at your beautiful new old guitar sitting next to us. It's, it's just, I can't believe it, man. When you brought this case out, I was like, I don't want to open it. I'm scared. <laughs> yeah, so Mandy, we, we set it up so that she she knocked on the door, and I was like, oh, Dave, will you just like check out who that is? And I'm like, why are you having me answer your door? <laughs> so that I could quickly run to the other room uh, and then have yeah. the guitar case when Man. you saw that your wife was here for some reason yeah well the 40th balloons at first of all i thought it was somebody delivering balloons <laughs> to the wrong house because again my birthday is not till ne- the end of next month so this is this is crazy dude yep. yeah you are now the owner of a vintage les paul yeah i mean th- i've the the search is over man this is fucking awesome dude i i i don't even know what to say i played it it sounds like a Les Paul. Oh, it sounded so good. Well, it's because I only have the Strat, so like I'm yeah. so used to what that sounds like, mm-hmm. and then you hear this, and it's like, oh fuck, man. Welcome. Oh man, dude, I can't thank you guys enough. This is like I don't even know what to say right now. Again, I'm shocked, dude. This is crazy. I I do take. I will say that I take some of the blame for this because I feel like you might not have cared so much about Les Pauls had it not been for my influence. But I'm yeah. also not sorry about that. So. No, no, you got me in. Well, I was on the SG kick for a while. Yeah, and well, then, I, you were. I thought you were going to be an SG owner. Yeah, for sure. but then I, once I started looking at the just the beauty of the Les mm-hmm. Paul and the classic style, I was like, all right, you know what? There's no way around it. There's no way around it, man. So. Thank you. I I can't thank you. I don't know. Like I don't really know what to say. Um, thank you already you. said it. But I know you, it just sounds. You earned it by be, being so wonderful in oh, our lives. You guys, and not are... only to your wife as a husband and me as your friend, but also all of our listeners. You just man, you keep giving that, gifts, man. especially all that fucking Dave's doc work that you put in. Man, come on. All right. Well. Maybe my gear karma came back around. I that's I. You know what I? Think, I, got, I gave Charlie that pedal last week. But. <laughs> if you listen to last week's episode, I think I might have said I, I suspect that your uh, your fortunes might be turning around pretty soon. I I knew what was coming, but I still I'm still going to take credit for being right. Yeah. No, uh, no, dude. That's uh, this is crazy, man. And now you get to go out of town uh, this weekend and, and I figure I out what the fuck to do with yeah, it. Yeah, I don't get to truly crank this up in my practice space until next week. Yeah, and you know. So, but whatever, I'm going to play this. Sh- I'm going to bring this to Michigan. Fuck it. I, I think to. you really should. I have to. I'm going to go see uh, Paul and Russ. We're going to jam on Sunday. So that's going to be. Get to show off your new toys to your buddies. Come on. That's going to be awesome, man. Come on. I'm, You're going to be the bell of the ball. I'm, this is crazy, dude. I'm in shock right now. I am kind of too, honestly. I've been, cause I've been nervous about this for a while and really building up my head. And well, 
You know, you never know how people are going to react to surprises. I'm terrible at surprises personally. I don't. I don't feel like I can th- like thank enough. That's my problem. No. I, I don't sound grateful enough. Like this is like truly an unbelievable thing here, man. This is. Like, I'm just glad we got to do it together and share it with our friends and audience and all of the people that that love us in this show and guitars and stuff. I Gosh. mean, I, this was a special special moment for us. And I know we already had an episode image set up. So I'm sorry that we have to create a new probably one have to do a new I, one. I think we kind of have to put it. Yeah, there. I mean, really the, the J, that JHS bender is a cool pedal. Yeah, and all, no, I was just doing my uh <laughs> you know i was like just doing my due diligence of it yeah, i'm gonna have to tell him he's got to redo his work that <laughs> sucks all right. oh that's all right man the designer's least favorite thing to hear i need you yeah. i need you to redo this I'll, we'll use it next week we didn't yeah. talk about the bender we anyways, didn't no so. no i and frankly i didn't really pay, play it that much i anyway. was gonna bring it up like yeah. what about the bender and yeah. then we'll talk about it next no week. i would have been like oh yeah we could talk about yeah, that that's after all randy gets here right after you fake it. <laughs> oh my god man this is like this is awesome, dude. Yeah, this is so fucking awesome. Yeah, uh, do, I mean, do you do you do you want to keep talking about? It? Do you feel no, like you're you've no, we processed can, it, or we should, can, we, should I'm we gonna carry keep on? looking at yeah, it. Yeah, me too. Uh, we can move on. We we do have an episode. In fact, I'm just gonna pick it up and give a little strum while you're while you're doing. Please, Dave's ducks. So this is a great one because what do you got? I felt bad watching this without you in a way. Is it Randy Rhodes? Nope. I watched This Is Guar. Oh, shit. I didn't realize it was actually out. <laughs> yeah. Dude, it's out. We're hot. What is it on? What did you uh, watch? It it's on, on Shudder for, for a free subscription. Really? So if you just sign up and then cancel it, uh, you get a week for free or whatever. Sling or it said Amazon has it, but I didn't. The link didn't work on my phone, so I didn't check my desktop. That's but, weird. But Shudder, uh, free trial. Sling free also trial. has it. Yeah. So anyways, premium trials. Um, but, you know, we're not sponsored by those guys, so I don't feel like, you know, we should really be shouting them out like nah, that so, okay. so much. Anyways. Dude, I just want to go ahead and say, from a from a from a music doc standpoint, it was great. Mm-hmm. But from a documentary documentary standpoint, it was anybody can watch this this film. Oh, Mandy's never even that heard that accessible. Of no kidding. And she enjoyed it very much because what what it really is is they're just all like artists. They're not yeah. like you know. I mean, they're musicians, of course. Mm-hmm. But there's so much more going on in a live show with. How they hook up the blood to spray at the crowd. I've been, I have been sprayed by Guar blood. Me too. Concert. Yeah. Well, and so we've both gotten the chance to see Guar live. We have. Um, if you haven't, you know they are still touring. Actually, did, well, didn't I think Dave Brocky passed away? Yeah, right? he did yeah. in 2014. Okay. Um, but he started the band. Yeah. What's uh, his name? Dave Brocky. Dave Brocky. And he started a band with uh, another guy. The story is pretty cool. They they started as like these college art kids at uh in from Richmond. Mm-hmm. And they had this like rehearsal space that was kind of like a shared studio slash band rehearsal space. And this band, Dave Brocky's band at the time called uh, Death Piggy, they were like a punk band, but they were like humorous and they were kind of like really like on stage antics. Like he tried to like stand on his guitar and like fall off the stage and like just really wacky shit. But they were like, they didn't dress up or anything. That was just kind of their, you know, street punk, whatever style. Then they had this artist next to him named Hunter Jackson. Now he's the other creator of Guar. Oh. He's the guy who runs around with like the yellow mohawk and he has like the he's like a one black eye and he wears yeah, a big arm thing. Totally. So that was his character. So he him and, and Dave Brocky started this. He was a like a set designer slash costume designer. So he's like making things out of like foam rubber and all that kind of stuff and just making these wild costumes for a movie called Scum Dogs, which ends up becoming the Guadaguar's album. Oh, so, shit. okay. So now they were, so they were going to be, so, so Dave Brocky's band was going to be this band in this movie. <laughs> That's hilarious. But then they decided to do a show and they, they, they said, Hey, cause we always like doing these wacky, these wacky things. Let's write a metal set 
And then we'll can we borrow like some of the stuff that are like props for this movie that you're making, this sci-fi movie. So the original band wasn't heavy. No, they were like kind of straight ahead punk, you okay. know. And then so they wrote a metal set so they could open up for themselves <laughs> with these costumes on. And they were like, we're going to do things like fill up balloons with fake blood. And like, we're going to have these like battles on stage. And yeah. this was like the first show. And they show some footage from it. And it's like they're wearing like cardboard. I mean, yeah. it looks really, really bad. But they ended up the crowd went absolutely fucking nuts. And when was this? Did you say this how? is 1985? Oh, shit. I yep. didn't realize it was that long ago. 1985. The first show. Wow. Um, it was so shitty. So then people loved it. They blew up. Well, the college had this commons area in 1986, and they were throwing this Halloween party, and they're like, and, and like a thousand people come to it, like every year. Like mm-hmm. Iggy Pop's done it before, and oh, like all this shit. shit. So they're like, we want Guar to play at the commons area. And by the way, the band Guar means nothing. Like I think they. So, just, oh, I was gonna ask. They just made it up. Yeah, it's just a fun sounding word. Just a fun sounding, sounding word. Yeah. Um, so they're like, all right, let's do this fucking show at the college commons. Now we're gonna get like even crazier props, and they're still not wearing like the modern costumes that you see now. Mm-hmm. They're still in the janky shit. And they're playing and like people are just going absolutely apeshit. They're having like an ant fight like a dinosaur on stage and like <laughs> there's battles going on and they're, they're, they're starting to do like the blood thing, yeah. you know, spraying blood with, you know, people. They used to hook up a fire extinguisher to use it as like the like the pressure for the blood and run like a line of like this fake blood through a fire extinguisher. <laughs> they would steal them from the college campus. And that's like how they started doing like the spraying blood thing. Hey, it's a cheap, cheap pyro. Pretty cheap pyro. So then the band almost dissolves because the hunter guy the um the artist he moves away to detroit he's like he finds a job out in detroit and he's like i'm moving away so the whole band breaks up Mm -hmm. so then they're like well this is way too fucking cool we thought we were like gonna like seriously blow up because the halloween show was a total success they go all right so they find another designer named dan drakulich and he's like a he's like another kind of like makeup designer costume designer guy just like the other guy but he's got even better skills he's like he's working with like latex and like real you know, can really paint stuff on and everything. There, what is it? The stuff is like foam now, it's right? It's like foam rubber. It looks like it would have to be so heavy. Yeah, it's it's not. Yeah. But um, I mean, it's 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 uncomfortable. Sure, sure. Of like shoulder pads with like deer antlers growing <laughs> out of them. You know. Um. But anyways, I you know I just thought that was kind of cool that like so they're like we got to get this back together and let's hire better musicians because everybody already broke up. Oh yeah. But Dave Brocky's like I'm gonna hire better musicians. Like real players. We're gonna do get good costumes mm-hmm. and like this is gonna be it. Like the other band's done. Like we're gonna fucking just do this. So then Guar continues, and then basically that's that's history, man. Like they did the first album in 1988. Everyone hated it. It was mixed terribly. <laughs> um, that's amazing though, because I've kind of been in that position where I was like, I was in a couple bands, and I sort of stuck with the one that was just like had some inertia already. And yeah. you know, you can kind of just keep going with what's going. But then like, you know, it's, it's it can be hard to recognize that like, oh, there's this other thing that's actually really hitting with people, and like you'd have to. I don't know. It, t- it takes a lot to sort of uproot yourself from the situation that you're in already and take a gamble on this like fucking weird. Yeah. Art metal band. And it's like, yeah, exactly. It's not even like a, I mean, I, I want to say they're a real band, but they like barely rehearsed right. for, and you know, in the early days and stuff. So they weren't like, you know, they were talented musicians, but as a band, as a cohesive unit, you know, they were, and they're trying to play with these costumes on, you know, now, now they have like these helmets and like these crazy mm-hmm. things, but that's when you see the, uh, like odious and all that, like the, the, the original kind of inception yeah. of that. Um, were dude, they ever on? They must have been on Beavis and Butthead, right? So yeah, so they were on, they were on Beavis, they were on Jerry Springer, Joan Rivers. Okay. They did a Circuit City commercial. <laughs> they were in Empire Records. Remember that movie? I do remember Empire Records. Um, yeah. Where they feed Ethan Embry, and, and What's it's with cool. Today, today, and they interview him. Yeah, exactly. They interview him. They interview like Weird Al Yankovic, like kind mm. of these people who were like in that scene, yeah. you know, or like worked with them before throughout the doc. And the doc is all of the guys now telling the story of like 
you know, except for Dave Brocky. They have some sure. old interviews with him and stuff. But it was kind of cool to see the actual members like talking about the band and like how important it was. And this, I mean, this is in like the festival circuit and stuff right now, right? Like this, this is like a documentary that's making the rounds. Yeah, yeah. Like yeah, it, it, like in the film festival. Yeah, and right, yeah. Yeah, and that's kind of the thing. My point was at the beginning was like, it's not just like uh, a documentary for like music nerds. Mm-hmm. Like if you appreciate art or just off the wall shit, you know, you can absolutely like enjoy this fucking movie. Yeah. Uh, there was a pretty good. So you know about the cuttlefish, right? I don't think so. So the cuttlefish is uh, Odious's codpiece that he oh, wears on stage. Okay, sure, yeah. And he moves it around, and <laughs> it's pretty phallic. But it's not a penis; it's a cuttlefish. And I just want to make that clear because even though a cuttlefish really just looks like a cock, anyway, it does, and it sprays things. You know, it's pretty wild. Um, but he he gets arrested. Um, oh, and they went to go do some somewhere in the south, but like one of these you know Bible Belt places, mm-hmm. and they're like. They're like, you can't do that on stage. We're arresting you. They took the cuttlefish like into evidence. And they said to this day, it's probably still in the evidence locker. That's amazing. Like the original one that they made. Or some fucking perverts driving, wagging around himself anyways. Yeah, I know, right? But it's, yeah. And they like, they like it's just funny. They show like a little cartoon of them. You know, they do the reenactments yeah. and stuff in docks. And like, they're hauling it out in like a bucket. And it's kind of just like hanging over the edge of the <laughs> bucket. And the guys are like walking with it. But yeah, the dock was just, it was really, it was long. I will say that. It's like two hours. Okay. Um, you know, were you like a? Would you have called yourself a Guar fan before no, this? No, no. But I mean, I saw him in like I think I saw him in like two thousand four or five. Okay, yeah. Um, up in Milwaukee, and I knew of the band obviously through Beavis and Butthead. They mm-hmm. were in the video game. Remember the Beavis and Butthead video game for Genesis? I do. Was based on them trying to get Guar tickets. Wow, I didn't like remember the whole that part plot. Of it. I used of, like, to play the, that game. The game, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I totally. They started showing like screenshots from it, and I was like, oh yeah, I totally remember this game. Um, but that idea of like, I knew of Guar, I appreciated him. I couldn't name all the members and stuff mm-hmm. like that. But, um, I keep wanting to say fungus among us, but that's the name of a Flattius a, Maximus. An incubus EP. Yeah. Fungus among us was a yeah, pretty good underrated. Album. Yeah. Uh, Flattius Maximus was like the guitar player guy, but they've had like four or five of them. Yeah. And then the last one passed away in his sleep in like a, with like a blood clot, like something oh really random, like on the tour bus. And they were like, all right, we're retiring this character. It is kind of crazy to think about that those guys are like kind of old, right? You oh, know, like yeah. They're, now their first they're like, shows were in like the mid 80s. Like, when oh, we dude, were, they're easily like, in their we born. late 50s, yeah. you know, even maybe 60s. Which is badass that they're still, still playing around in those crazy costumes. So the original bass player, the beefcake guy. Okay. He was the original bass player. Um, he came back as this like new singer and he's the lead singer now for oh, the band. I so it's kind of a either. cool like tribute to yeah. be like. Yeah, you can't just replace him with somebody. It's got to be like somebody who's been since the very beginning mm-hmm. of the band. So I thought that was pretty cool that they're still touring with that. They still have like the girl who dances and stuff yep. and like just like a lot of the same characters. But um, it's I think they said between cast and crew or between the band and the crew, they've gone through over 100 people between like. Oh, my God. I mean, there's been five or six guitar players. Yeah. Well, and there's also two guitars. So then there's like, yeah. you know, three on this side and like a hundred. That's fucking wild. I mean, all the techs who yeah. worked on it, all the artists who were involved and stuff and some of the same people from the very beginning. So it's pretty fucking cool. Did they get into the actual sort of like, <clears throat> I don't know, Genesis or creation of the costumes like who like how they're made and, and like worn and not stuff the, now? D- not the detail of like. You know, here's us making the helmet with mold, yeah. you know, with the mold and all that stuff. Because actually, when they started, they're still wearing like a lot of the same shit. It's not like 
you know, it's not. And it hasn't like, changed that much. No, it hasn't changed, and I don't think they have multiples. I think they wear like, yeah. like the odious costume was the same since he started. You know, they might have made little Ooh, I tweaks bet that to smells it. Smells real good. That's what I'm saying. Like, you're like the Slipknot mask thing. You oh, know, where you're just barfing like, in a bag. You just know it's nasty. Um, so they didn't really get into that because it was so long ago. Okay, they have footage of them like painting stuff and like working on. Like, but so, but I'm. Do they have like a team of people? Or are they actually sort of like they're DIYing doing it themselves? It themselves? Dude. All right. Wow, yeah. All well, right. that the hunter guy. So he ends up coming back. Mm-hmm. And then again, then it's like him and Dave Brocky kind of going back and forth because like Hunter is like he wants to be like the creative director, but Brocky's like the genius behind the yeah. music and also the character, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so they go back and forth a lot, and that's kind of a that's kind of like the you know kind of like the drama throughout like that band was Got like it. him, you know, like they would get in like battles on stage, and you're like, oh, they're not really playing; like, they're like trying <laughs> to fuck real. each other up. Yeah. Um, Did so, they? Was there uh, much in the way of gear spotting? You know, the gear spotting thing was a little slim. I did take a few gear notes. Mm-hmm. Uh, Les Paul Jr. at the very beginning. Okay. Double cut. Cool. So kind of like that, you know, late 50s style. Um, I can't, really can't even picture them. Like, I would imagine they use, like, pointy metal yes, guitars or something. Uh, definitely pointy headstock guitars. Yeah. I saw a Jackson logo at one point. Yeah. Uh, again, they had so many different guitar players. I think they let them bring in whatever they want. There was a pretty cool Jackson V that was, like, they had, like, a blood finish on it. Nice. So it was kind of, like, splattery blood yeah. looking. Um there was a weird Dan Electro looking offset body thing with like a three by three headstock. I don't really know hmm. what it was. I couldn't tell. Maybe a Eastwood or something like that. Something kind of interesting. Fender jazz bass. Oh, some good vintage Fender jazz bass looks in the beginning because Brocky used to sing and play bass. And they oh. showed him playing in like, you know, that old like, oh, it's footage from the 80s. And like, it's just, a, yeah, it's just an old jazz bass. Yeah. And now you're like, oh, that's like a $5,000. Yeah. So that was kind of cool. Um, but yeah, not a ton. Like it didn't see any amps really or mm-hmm. anything like that. You know, I don't know. That's actually kind of funny. I didn't really remember seeing any amps on stage. Hopefully they're all direct. I mean, it would make sense for a band like just them. with the with the amount of stage. And they brought up an interesting point. They they can do festivals now, mm-hmm. but they weren't. That's where fe- I saw them was I think a Warp tour. Yeah, but they weren't really a festival band unless they could like headline it because to set up and tear down and 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 I mean you your set would have to be like ten minutes long. Yeah. Because it takes an hour just to set everything up and, you know, all that should be probably multiple hours. I remember them actually, and there was like a warning. It was like, if you're going to be in the first however many rows, like, be prepared to get covered and shit. Yeah, there was a pretty good scene where it's like one of their mega fans is talking or somebody who's been, you know, since the beginning. And Mm -hmm. he's like, he's like, do I love Guar? Do I do I love everything they do and have every album? Yes. Do I want to stand in the front row at their show? Not really. (laughs) I thought it was going to be the opposite. I thought it was going to be, am I a Guar fan? Do I love getting sprayed with fake blood? Love getting sprayed with fake blood. (laughs) Exactly. So, um, dude, anyways, I have to say, as far as a documentary goes, it's one of the best, like, documentaries I've seen in a while. Because they they tell the story in great detail. And it's, you know me, I like like when they just get down to, like, from the beginning till where Mm -hmm. we are now or whatever, whenever it was made. Um, They didn't do the, the... out of chronological didn't do the jump, jump around, around no it's it's very chronological mm-hmm. it's very easy to follow um it was fucking awesome dude so i gave it a solid nine out of ten scum dogs love that and uh i could probably even give it a higher i think as a documentary itself i give it maybe a nine and a half because it's just like yeah. it's it's really really good but so. in, in the grand scheme of dave's docs in the grand scheme of like bands solid, solid nine solid nine and you know i'm i'm a guar fan but it's like they got real wacky, like in the late '90s, early yeah. 2000s. They were doing music that's like not digestible. Song? It was like Fish Fuck or something like yep. that. Is yep. that the Fish name? Fucker? Fucker yeah. with a fish. <laughs> Fucker with a fish. Yep. I think yeah, that's the one that sticks well, there, out to me. There's a part where they were like, "Did I, if anyone would have just sat Dave down and said, hey, man, like you know, if we just take a few of the fucks <laughs> out, you guys might have a record. Like you might actually be on the radio because they had a label. Like they were with like a yeah. small independent label that got picked up by Warner Brothers at one point.'" 
And Warner Brothers was like, you have to take, I think it was, I think it might have been Fishfuck. Mm-hmm. He's like, you got to take this song off the, oh no, it was called like Baby Dick or something. <laughs> I bet, dude, other songs are ridiculous. But um, they were like, they were like, nope, we're not compromising our art. And the label, I, I forget what they were called, like Bloody Metal or something like that. Just some indie label yeah. that picked them up. They got ditched by Warner Brothers too because of that decision that Guar's like, we're not changing our our shit for mm-hmm. you then they're like all right well then the label that you guys are on that we're gonna adopt we're not taking them anymore either so God, i just can't believe it's like they wouldn't be guar why would anyone ask guar to not be guar anymore yeah it doesn't make sense they're not that good of songwriters but like, it's like they're on like be warner brothers record which yeah. is just like you know doesn't make sense yeah so um anyways yeah it was fucking great man i Hell highly yeah. highly recommend everybody i will actually watch that one just because i yeah i've always been sort of curious about them and I, you know as yep. we've talked about we've both seen them live but i just have never really like gotten into the the mythology and background of and that and band. just like so much goes on behind the scenes yeah. like they were talking to this tech in the beginning and he's like from the second they start till the second they walk off the stage we're like running around in the back like turning on hoses yeah. and turning on compressors and like i mean dude the shit that they do it's like beyond like the imagination of being like oh they do like they wear funny costumes mm-hmm. it's like no th- there's like there's like 20 creatures on stage at one time like it's it's this crazy I never really thing. consider that yeah that must be Actors, the most and challenging dancers. tech job imaginable. It's it's constant every night, and like they didn't really pay anybody. Like they didn't have yeah. money, so they're like whatever they made from the label, they just like went back like, right back into the band, and it was a uh, was a labor of love for sure, man. So fucking Guar rules, great man. one, man. Yeah. Fuck yeah, great great design. I'm gonna pass your uh, your scepter back to you here, so you can finger it while while I I'm shall. talking about stuff because I was just holding Dave's guitar for a while. Wow, great days, Doc. Let's get into there, yeah. We got we got we got a gallery. Uh, Sophie, Sophie did come out for a minute. Uh, oh, she's yeah, she's she's, oh, she's right there. Laying in her blanket. Yeah, she's a tired old gal. Well, let's get into some future gear. I mean, I know we just had a major detour, and that's I mean, I'm super excited about that. So I'm going to cut out some of the stuff maybe we we're going to talk about, here. <laughs> but there is still some fresh gear that I do want to yeah. cover this week, so we might as well. Uh, let's see. First off, start with an exciting pedal. Uh, it's kind of a lot for me to call this exciting because it's a chorus pedal, but mm, your favorite death by audio has introduced the space. It's a good brand. Oh, we love the, that. One of the best big, yeah. big, big fans, big friends over here. Uh, they've created the, the space bender chorus modulation pedal. Um, it is available now. Uh, it's on reverb. They have an exclusive version on reverb, but otherwise you can just get it from normal retailers. Uh, it's a pretty standard. I would say as far as like death by audio goes pedal, and that you can get like classic chorus sounds with it, right? But it also has a couple extra tweaks. So the big thing with chorus is that chorus, flanger, phase, they're all based on the exact same delay. They're essentially delays. It's just like moving the delay time. That's the most crucial component. So what they did with this pedal is they actually added another switch on the front to give you a 10x multiplier on the delay time, which really fucks stuff up and makes mm-hmm. it sound cool, sound cool in death by audio fashion. Um, I have to make it. I have to make a big admission to okay. you right now. I think I like chorus on bass. Yeah, if it's used tastefully. You know, like I don't. I still don't like it on guitar. I think ever. of that '80s like Cure tone right. kind of thing. You know, but on, something happens with chorus on bass that just like if it gives it a little bit of motion and movement that I just like. I kind of really like. And it, it has a that lot. kind of out of phasey like. Weird, yeah. yeah, you got to be careful with stereo anything on mm-hmm. bass, right? But man, I I like in that demo, and then even just like my own 
experimentation afterwards i'm like i think i like i think i like bass chorus yeah and it makes me feel kind of disgusting to that to you right now <laughs> did they show a demo with their pedal on bass they too? did okay yeah. cool cool so it's it's a pretty there was personal. a whole it was kind of like a i don't know if it was a full song but they like they had a few things oh, playing okay. together and like you could hear it with the bass i was like dang that sounds really good i kind of like it yeah i mean yeah. i i think i owned a I think i had a morley chorus pedal at one point sounds right um, one of those 80 ones no like the black uh the early ones. Okay. Late seventies, maybe, but you know, the black box with like the white trim on it. Totally. Um, I ended up selling it. I don't know. I didn't, yeah. you know, it just didn't really do it for me. There's a, a famous old Yamaha rack unit. I think it's the SPX 92 or something like that. That is famous specifically for the chorus patch in it. That was like the sound of nineties rock. Like every 90, 90s rock song mixed by Andy Wallace which was most 90s rock songs, had this chorus on the bass. And I'm like, should I just get that? Should I just get a pedal? Like, I don't know. You got to get something. Got to get something. You don't have a chorus. I do not own a chorus. No. Although you could experiment with your Kemper. The Kemper has chorus, of course. Yeah, my, my boss switcher want, has like some a, chorus. But I mean, like, I don't have an analog, analog chorus pedal. Right. Hmm. What about, yeah, what about, I don't one? think I would spend as much as this one is on it, which Ooh. I want you to guess. Okay. And I just sort of tipped my hat a little bit. It's not going to be cheap. But... um. And, and I will say also that so there is a white colorway exclusive to Reverb.com. If you want That's that cool. one, the standard one is black, which I'm not sure if I can decide which one I think looks cooler. They're both pretty cool. The Death by Audio just makes really great looking stuff. Their designs are incredible. Amazing. So what do you um, think? What's the price on this Oh, one? man. I mean, just it's just a chorus. So, um, uh, 199 $270. Ooh. A little expensive. Steep. Yeah. A little bit. I mean, it's analog. It's handmade. Yeah, their, they are. I mean, Brooklyn shop, but it's that's eh, it's to me. They're like they're like on the high end of boutique pedals. They too. are. Yeah, absolutely. So. And usually, and that's the thing with this too. It's like usually their pedals are known for. You can usually kind of get the like standard sound that would come with a chorus or fuzz, but then also like a really fucked up version of it. And I think that this this does that too. Yeah. You know, it, yeah. it can get wacky, which I I like to call the Dave switch. <laughs> you can turn the Dave switch on. Yeah, you got to know where that bar is, man. That's right. Speaking of maybe goofy stuff, I wanted to mention this. Did you see? Did you see the Fender Minions stuff that came out this no. week? Yeah, yeah. So I've uh, never seen Minions, but I know it's like a total like. I saw the first Despicable Me, but yeah. I don't think I've seen. I'm not even sure how many other ones there are. Honestly. I think a new one just came it out did. or something. Okay. And in order to capitalize on the hype, because people are like really going to see it and stuff. Yeah, Fender teamed up with illumination who makes these movies to make fender x minions the rise of Gru collection mm -hmm. which comprises five master built string instruments not just custom shop these are five master built fucking Gru guitars or minions guitars i should say uh so the, the nice thing is as much as i want to shit all over it uh the money is mostly going to the Fender Play Foundation. Oh, cool. So it is a charity thing. Yeah. Um, there are five guitars. There's an electric, an acoustic, a bass, um, and a ukulele. That's what? four. They make a ukulele? I thought I wrote five down, but I'm only counting four right now. Yeah. We'll come back to that. Uh, so there's Kyle McMillan's. Uh, it's a Strato Stewart. I guess the, the minions have names. Uh, Strato Stewart. A Ron Thord made Otto's Moon Bass, which in my opinion is the most interesting of these. We'll okay. come back to that. Uh, Gonzalo Madrigal made Cosmic Kevin, some acoustic, and then Dennis Kalushka made the King Bob Ukulele, all of which 
carry five figure price tags, Dave. That doesn't surprise me. Those master built things are insane. Yeah. So the I want to talk about the base for a second okay. because what style they're all it's a P base, mm-hmm. but what he did, and then this must have something to do with the movie. Again, I don't fucking understand. Yeah, yeah, I feel like I, I can't really comment. The body is seven pieces that can be snapped apart and then put back together mechanically. Like That's seven individual sections. Crazy. Yeah. Of, of just the body? Just the body. Uh, huh. That one, um, let me see, I can't remember. I think that one... Do you want to guess? Do you want to guess some prices on these? I already told you that they're five figures. The base, oh. I think the base was most expensive. Um, I'm going to say 20000 It was like 75000 What? Yeah, dude. So the cheapest was 48000 Well, they just made one of each. One right? of each. Yeah, okay. Uh, and then God, dang. The, the ukulele. I, they said, the, and it's, it's fucking ugly, dude. I got to say. It's just, it's just <laughs> it is. And it, well, it's already a ukulele, so like. <sighs> right. Uh, and also, it's funny. We were t- I was talking about the Jimmy because I was like sort of shitting on ukuleles last week. Yeah, yeah. And he's like, you know what? Both of my daughters have ukuleles, motherfucker. They're great so, starter uh, instruments. Yeah, absolutely, perfect instruments. But um, they said that this might be the world's most expensive ukulele. Oh, it's fifty thousand dollars. Come on. Yeah. Is it made of gold? It's made of minions. Yeah. <laughs> so, dude, I yellow, don't know. Kind of close. Do they use some? really fancy wood or something probably yeah i looked at it it's it's yeah it's i just i mean again i don't want to shit on this too hard because it is a charitable thing but just like the fact that they're making seventy five thousand dollar minion bases i don't know what's going on over there i don't know i mean they must they must feel like they can actually sell these because they wouldn't spend that much time and resource on it I, i wonder if it's one of those things where they get commissioned to do this and oh, the, they're not for actually sure. for like retail, like yeah. like someone's already bought like all of them probably or it, something. Inclu- yeah, the the studio themselves at least. Yeah, bought one of right, them. right. But uh, yeah, it's it's just wild to me to see a fucking fifty thousand dollar. That's a grukulele. I want to play. <laughs> I, just, I just thought of that because I bet it. For, for I bet it sounds probably a lot like the ukulele. You I can have. you can play uh, hurt. Is that no help? Help. There it is. I was I was, I was close. H H four letter word. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so that was that. Yeah, I don't know. I'm not excited about that. I am kind of excited about these. Epiphone came out with, I don't know if you saw these, uh, the Power Player series, mm-hmm. which are their new e- either uh, beginner or travel instruments. And so what they are, there's a uh, there's a Les Paul and there's an SG. Um, they are uh, like three-quarter size body, shorter scale, which you know is exciting to me, 22.73 inch scale. I don't Still know how I got to that. Still waiting for you to pull the trigger on a short I'm, scale. Yeah. You're telling me. Um, but uh, so these are aimed squarely at the sort of younger play, player, but the thing is that like these are not toys. These are actually like well-made instruments. And sort of going back to the Julian Lodge thing, I feel like if you're looking for a travel Les Paul with a bolting neck. Ooh. Fair. This could be the one. Very fair. Uh, it comes with, you know, they're sort of like Epiphone ceramic humbuckers, but it's got, I watched a demo and it actually does sound like a real full fat guitar. It comes with. Doesn't sound like a Gibson Sonex. No, no plastic. No <laughs> Sonex. Uh, it's got a gig bag strap picks and a cable. So it's kind of like yeah. designed to be the beginner thing. It's cool. in two colors, ice blue and lava red, which are actually kind of nice. Although if you uh, order directly from Epiphone, which I think is an interesting wrinkle because if you order directly from epiphone.com they have a dark matter ebony oh i don't know of any other guitars where they're selling direct no well i mean like Like not from epiphone.com like not through a dealer the only way to get a black one of these is through epiphone i kind of like that which to me feels like maybe they're trying to start to cut out 
cut out retailers again. Uh-oh. Well, scary. also, the, the second hand is going to be a lot more expensive on those. It will. You know, somebody's just going to buy one and flip it right, right away. That's right. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't know, man. Like, I, I'm, I'm not really in the market for a travel electric, but I think if I was, I would be considering it because they look good. You can take the neck off and throw in your backpack. Yeah. And very reasonable price, which I want you to guess right now. Uh, $299. $279. Ooh, yeah. almost nailed it. Almost nailed it. Um. I mean, Epiphone makes great stuff now. You know, they really, um, I don't, you know, I don't know if they really had like a dark era of like when they weren't doing as well. I know the early stuff is like really good. The Korean stuff's supposed to be pretty good. And then I think it got a little washy around like the early 2000s or something. Yeah, I haven't owned any Epiphone stuff since, like I had vintage and I had a Korean Les Paul custom from the 90s, which was an amazing guitar. I haven't owned any in a while, but I've talked about it a lot. Before I left CME, they released the like updated standard series and they they were better than some of the Americans. That's so funny. They were really fucking good guitars. So good for them. Yeah. So so they're doing the thing. And I think it's right now there is no better time to be a beginner guitarist than today because you have all the options and the stuff has gotten so cheap for the quality that you get that it's like you almost don't have an excuse and even having like the you know we've talked about but like the learning materials that are out there now oh my god between youtube and fender play and like all that kind of stuff jimmy told me again keep coming back to him he told me he goes back to the fender play up all the time for for his like because we were talking about tuning ukulele he's like dude i don't know how to tune that thing but the app does and so every single time i just go (laughs) and open it and it tells me what to tune it there you go yeah so that was that um Let's talk about one more pedal. Yeah, let's do it. And that is because uh, I'm excited about this one because it's Origin Effects who makes very high quality, typically quite expensive pedals. Uh, you know, they've got those, they're like all sort of like wrought iron looking. They've mm-hmm. got like custom knurled aluminum knobs. And yeah. They're usually in the like hundred, several hundred dollar range, depending on what it is. Well, anyways, uh, they have come out. And this is not something I would typically get get that excited about, but because it's Origin Effects, I want to talk about it. They are uh, releasing a version of a Tube Screamer. Ooh. Which, you know, everyone makes a fucking Tube Screamer. Uh, I kind of like it, though. They've at least made it green, which I think is keeping with the theme. <laughs> so it's 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 a it's it's got the TS eight oh eight stuff, it's got the TS nine stuff, it's got the versatility that you would expect from an Origin Effects. That's pedal. why I like that. Yeah. But it also the other thing about them is that they're always trying to innovate too, and I don't know exactly what this is all about yet because it's a new technology. But they've created something called their proprietary adaptive circuit. So most people agree the most glaring issue with the 808 or TS9 style tube screamer is that it's kind of all or nothing. Either you get this like big mid push, or it's like it kind of disappears. Like yep. it's, it's basically that, one or right. the other. Um, what they've done is try to tackle that with this adaptive circuit. There's a, I think it's a three position switch that sort of like compensates for that somehow. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't really know what that means yet, but this is how they're selling the pedal. And they're saying that, quote, it's usually only found in the best valve amplifiers. So it's really trying to do that like responsive, squishy, dynamic tube amp thing mm-hmm. in a pedal. Hmm. Which kind of was supposed to be what the Tube Screamer did originally, in my opinion, doesn't really do that. It does a lot of cool stuff, but that's not really. Yeah, I know what you mean. What it does or what it's famous for. Uh, so it's got three modes. The first O turns off the adaptive technology and it ensures that it behaves just like a classic 808. The second two is full adaptive behavior. In this position, the pedal's treble and bass roll off will be reduced as it cleans up, 
offering a, a seamless transition between drives and cleans, which sounds kind of fucking sick. Yeah. And then there's third position, uh, which is one, which is a middle ground. It's some bass and treble roll off is maintained, but it's still said to be more reactive to changing playing dynamics so there's also a voice switch which is um it goes between the 808 and what they call a mod setting which is kind of like an even more extreme dave switch basically like yeah. give it more of a mid hump send it um look to me if you're looking for because so many people make expensive tube screamers now even i mean as they make that hand-wired tube screamer for like yeah 350 yeah. bucks or whatever which frankly like i wanted to like and never really got into I is it that it. much better than like you know a cheap one you could buy no right so that said, price. What would you, knowing origin effects and what TS yeah. can go for? What would, where would you think? That well, because I, I, I like the versatility of it because yeah. it's like a bunch of tube screamers in one, basically. Kind you know? of. Yeah. So, um, you know, I think you know, I think three hundred sounds good. Well, my friend, you're going to get yourself a sixty dollars discount because it's two forty. Ooh, yeah. Buy right well, it's one hundred ninety nine pounds, which is what it was listed at, which means two hundred forty by. Oh yeah, I can't exchange rates. I'm really bad. At I just don't know if that's exactly what it's going to be, but that was just like the math that I did. They're the a British company. I didn't know. That. I believe so. Oh, yeah. Cool. That's well, that was the listing I found. Yeah. Um, yeah, I like that man because I mean anybody can go and you can get like you know the TS nine and mm -hmm. like all this stuff. You know, there's the ones that people want. There's the ones that people don't want. I've got I've got a, a tube screamer on my board. I've got another one for sale right now. There's you but know, but I'd go as far everywhere. to say that like some of some of the ones that are even the same models don't sound the same. No, absolutely you know? not because the chip makes a big difference inside yeah, too for sure. Right, right. So that's a, yeah. I feel like I don't know. It's hard to get excited about a tube screamer. Everyone makes one, but because they've added this quote adapt adaptive technology, that's kind of like all right. At least they're not just throwing their name on the same circuit that everyone's been putting out for yeah. the last fifty years. Yeah, you're trying something. I'm trying something good for that man my friend i feel like this should be a good time for us to stop because we've got a lot in you've got a beautiful guitar in your lap yeah and i just uh, want to go play it i just i just want to hear what you think about it so um super excited for this episode me too jesus i'm, I'm, glad, we, I'm <laughs> glad we got to share this with the world i'm glad mandy got to share this with us and be be our live i love you guys audience. man this is like you know unbelievable man we love you too and it's, you know happy early birthday we'll celebrate again when we're closer sure, but sure yeah uh you know we will expect a full fucking book report on oh your yeah. feelings on this instrument next oh yeah week. absolutely so man yeah just be it's, ready it's not gonna leave my hands i can guarantee i don't that. think so it's yeah not, not really probably gonna you're go gonna like driving left hand just like yeah touching just have right mandy hand. holding it in the passenger <laughs> seat and strumming it with my finger yeah you know, hold an e-cord for me i just want to strum <laughs> dude it really is a magical guitar i can't wait to like really crank it up and it fits you but it looks really good thank you man well, thank right you guys. There, yeah. This is like the biggest surprise anyone's ever gotten me. So I'm, I'm, I'm cheesing right now. Oh yeah, we, we love you, buddy, and uh, we love you for listening. So, if you did make it to the end of this beef for an episode, why don't you go make some music? Good night. <laughs>